for so many of us, we haven't, I haven't had to experience the trials and tribulations as much as my dad did, even as a pre-teenager, just to live. Maybe some of you have been there. I know for me it's, it's been easier. But then what happens to our faith when we live in easy times? And uh, so as we look at the scriptures today in Luke chapter 4, we'll see how some people receive the word from the one who is the word. Now Jesus has been through his baptism. He's starting his public ministry. I don't know, in John you have Jesus doing the turning water into wine, Cana of Galilee. Uh, I don't know for sure how it all fits. But Jesus is beginning his public ministry. He's been baptized. We remember that Jesus emptied himself of his glory in Philippians chapter 2. He emptied himself. He, the second person of the Trinity emptied himself to be born of the Virgin Mary. And for 30 years he lived. He was a carpenter. Joseph sometime died in those years from 12 to 30. We don't know when, but he made tables. He made chairs. He made yokes. But then, at 30 years of age, he was going to begin his public ministry. And there was a cousin named John the Baptist, a little bit of a crazy man down by the river. And uh, he was preaching the gospel of the message of repentance. The kingdom of God is near. And, and Jesus, again, humbles himself and comes under the baptism of John. John can't believe it and says, hey, you should be baptizing me. Jesus said, I have to do this to fulfill righteousness, to identify and involve himself with the humanity that he was going to save. So he's baptized. And what comes out? Now, now remember, the third person of the Trinity is now coming down, and Jesus is going to be a model. He's the second person of the Trinity, but he's entering his ministry, and he needs the anointing of the Holy Spirit Amen. to also show us that we too need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The whole family, the whole Trinity, the family of God is involved in this. And, and another thing before I... I'm going to get to the word. <laughs> but, but notice the word we have in our midst. The word we have in our midst. Because of the incarnation of Christ, the enfleshment of God, we see the holy family in ourselves. You see it in the welcome. You see it when we said, hey, Elia, Evie's mother-in-law, and her dad can finally quit bugging them. Because Ellie and I would come and we just kind of looked. And I know for us to, to see that when for this reason a man will leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife and the two will be one flesh and from that love of the two comes another and hopefully another and hopefully another. <laughs> 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we live in a world that no longer understands covenantal love. I grew up in a time where it was casual love. The great revolution called the sexual revolution has destroyed more people and destroyed more lives when we no longer understand love in a covenantal way and we understand it in a casual, cavalier way. So now I get, <laughs> Evie is now an oikos, a house. But before then, they left the Baylor bubble. <laughs> and they bought a house. And then they had to fix up the house, and they thanked everybody for helping. Yes. And, 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 uh, and what is this place? The house of what? Okay. The house where God resides. Because God resides in the people who make up the house. We understand covenantal love is a sacrificial love. The Bible says for the husband to be willing to lay down his life for his... You gotta help me here. It never says, wife, be willing to lay down your life for your husband. But in the pregnancy and bringing life into the world, the sacrifice is made. So you do casual, cavalier, superficial love. There's no sacrifice to it. And, and which I would reply, that ain't love. That's something else. That's a cheap substitute that is totally infiltrated and infested our understanding of love. It's, it's interesting that you sang the song today. I'm going to get to the word. <laughs> but there is some word here right now. Mm -hmm. If we have ears to hear. But it is well with my soul. Amen. How many of you know the story? Mm -hmm. I'm much more convinced. If you understand why the story was written, you'll sing the song a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. And do you all know it? So I won't repeat it. You know it, right? You know it, right? <laughs> Can you wake me up, Captain, when we get to the point in the ocean? Can you wake me up? Right there where I lost my wife and my Daughter. Is that close? I sometimes get stories mixed up. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going back across the Atlantic Ocean. Can you can you wake me up in the middle of the night? I want to I want to be where previously the ship went down with my family on it. And while he's there, the song started to germinate. The inspiration of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet and trials come. I want to be careful here. I sometimes get my songs mixed up, but I'm kind of thinking that was close. Maybe it's maybe. Anyway, understand the history of that song. And you'll you'll be blessed when you sing it a whole lot. A whole lot. You know, let's, Ready to get to the word? Amen. Luke 4, beginning with verse 14. Jesus just got baptized by John. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out 
fame of him through all the region round about. He was, he was popular, okay? And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Some of you have different translations. This is a rather, okay? Uh, uh, oh boy. When Jesus would come in, they were used to rabbis saying, or teachers saying, so-and-so said. And when Jesus came in, uh, he spoke with authority. Not as the scribes. Not as certain rabbis. They would just quote each other. And Jesus would, can you imagine listening to Jesus? I would trade my whole seminary experience, my whole Baptist Bible college experience. <laughs> oh yeah, I did go to a Baptist <laughs> uh, I would trade it all for those hours the Emmaus disciples spent with Jesus yeah. walking that road. Now, I'm not anti college, anti seminary. Yes, I am. Certain seminaries. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine the risen Christ into the gloom, hidden because of the grief of the disciples, walking those miles, starting with the Old, they only had the Old Testament, and he was explaining why the Messiah must suffer and die. And then at the end, when they're breaking bread, it is revealed to them that this is not the dead Christ, but the glorified risen Christ. Mm -hmm. with power. He taught in their synagogues. He was having, it was great. He was rolling. They loved him. Then he goes back home. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth. And as was his custom, it's good, good, good to be churchgoers. Uh, he went into the synagogue on Saturday and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Much harder to find, because back then they didn't have what? Chapters and verses. And they had a great big scroll. It was hard. Okay. Again, we got it easy right there. Okay, now notice. He turns to Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 61, I could be wrong. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, or what we know as the year of Jubilee. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So here the word is going to the prophetic word uttered seven centuries before. 
Christ is prophet, priest, and king. And now in the prophetic role, he is going to the Old Testament to say, 700 years ago, they were writing about me. Hmm. Prophet, priest. What is Jesus doing right now? He's, he's at the right hand of the Father doing what? Ever living to make intercession for us. He's praying for this church, this very moment, to be the body of Christ in this town, in this area. He's right now, he's doing it. Plus, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit that abides with us. The third person of the Trinity that now abides with us. What is he doing right now? Praying. So when you pray, it's always good to, uh, I'm going to use the word reconnoiter because I don't quite know what it means. It's not a medical condition. But what it is is you've got these different vectors, you've got these different dimensions of reality praying. And we are to add our prayers to the prayers already being prayed. I wonder what Jesus is praying for me right now. I wonder what Jesus is praying for you and for this church right now. I wonder what the Holy Spirit is praying within me and groanings and utterings too deep for me to even understand. All that is going on. And remember that when you have prayer meeting. And then you will find out that prayer is a lot of listening before it's a lot of us uttering. Okay. Is the word good? Amen. Word's good. Okay. So here we go. So Jesus says, I'm here to bring a new a new economy, a new kingdom. I'm, I'm inaugurating something new here. And then he closed the book. I'm, I'm really trying to, I'm really I'm trying I'm trying to get this, but I'm having a heart. And and he closed the book and he gave it again to the Mine says minister or the attendant and sat down. Because rabbis would sit and then the students of the rabbi would gather around the sitting rabbi. And the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were glued to him, fastened on him. Okay. And, and, now, and now he interprets what he just read. And the people that go from, you know, the emoji of rejoicing. What's the emoji of rejoicing? <laughs> what is it? I mean, happy? Was that it? Yeah. Was that it? Okay. Now, now, the people that were just gaga about Jesus, in a, in a few seconds, they're going to go and want to kill him. I mean, I've been at ad board meetings. <laughs> you can, I mean, a Tesla can go from zero to 60 in, what, 3.5 seconds? Not that I know about a Tesla. <laughs> but but just, just just to know how the word. When I'm preaching at the church I serve, it's a big window in the back that means I can't really see the people. Like I can see you, even with some with masks on, I can see you more vividly. But the, it comes through and I can't really see. But the same sun that will melt butter, that same sun will harden clay. And I can watch body I can watch body language when I'm preaching to you know who is open and receptive, who is welcoming to the word, and who is is resisting and rejecting. 
And now understand the scripture. Jesus takes his disciples with him because Jesus knows he's leaving. And three, he didn't know exactly, I don't think he quite knew exactly, but he wasn't going to die in Nazareth. He knew he was going to die in Jerusalem. Give his life to Jesus. But he takes disciples. Oh, I want all of you to be disciples. Believers are a dime a dozen. But disciples, I want you to be disciples. So Jesus takes, takes these guys with him because he wants them to experience in Jesus' own hometown the rejection and the resistance we get sometimes. Uh, the church I served for no, almost nine years. Okay? But you watch in the church that as people begin to understand this Jesus and this love of God, they are welcoming. At the same time, others are getting hard. It's taking place right here. I want you to see it. He closed the book, gave it to the attendant, sat down, everybody's focused and fixed on him, and then he began to say to them, today, this day, this very moment, when he was speaking about a prophesied word 700 years before, that word is now in your midst. Wow. When that happens to me, I trust it's happened to you. When that word of God is in your midst, I'm here. I'm here. It's happening. Okay? Uh, <laughs> uh oh. And all, verse 22, and all bear witness and wonder. And wonder. Oh, that scripture is old. It's really old. It's not relevant for today. But when the word is in your midst, it changes us from the inside. It changes our thinking. It changes our emotion. It changes everything when the word is in our midst. Oh, you can sniff arm it. But when you allow it to abide and the spirit abides and it begins to infect the people of the church, when those who are not Christians come by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love, love one for another. So when a person comes in that is a stranger to the love of Jesus Christ and the grace and the mercy and they come to this church, to this family, to this oikos, they will be drawn to the good shepherd because you've already been drawn to the good shepherd. And you have Unity, a communion, a friendship with one another that draws the stranger and draws the alien to be want to be part of your family. Who wouldn't want that in this crazy upside down world we live? That's how important it is. Okay, almost done because they still try to kill. Me. And uh, then they said this question. 
Is not this Joseph's son? We, we know this guy. He made my table. He made my chairs. You know that yoke? He made that. And now he's saying something strange. Could it be? Could he be the one that Isaiah prophesied about? Almost done, folks. English. And then Jesus replies back to them. You will surely say unto me this problem, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in this country. We want the light show, Jesus. We want the light show. We want the entertainment. We want the carnival. We want that, uh, in Minnesota, we want that county fair to come in. And in some churches, we want that county fair every week. Mm. We'll come. We'll come if you entertain us. But we don't like this coming to be edified and built. We don't want to grow up, but we do want to be titillated. Uh, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And then, he's, and then he quotes other, <laughs> quotes other scripture to let him know how big and how expansive this love of God is. And it's right in front of them. They don't like it. Verily I say to you, no prophet is accepted uh, in his own country. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of uh, Elias, uh, excuse me, Elijah. When Elijah, excuse me, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was, was that Elijah or Elijah? Mine says Elias. Yeah. Elijah. 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 Elijah, okay, thank you. Thank you, Elijah's coming up. Okay, uh, a city in Sidon unto a woman there that was a widow. So here God's love is coming not just to us, the people we think should get it, mm. but it's going outside mm -hmm. of that tribalism to this foreigner. And then uh, many lepers were in Israel in the time of, now that's Elijah, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Uh, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. So we're just saying God so loved the whole world. But we're tribal. We're territorial. It's a part of the human condition. And we're learning that oh, the love of God is so much bigger than our little shoebox we put our God in. And just want to see this as we close. And all they in, and all they in the synagogue that were having a pretty good time, great laser light show, and all they in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with <coughs> mine says wrath, rage. They were furious. This prophet that said, It's now here, the prophet I, Isaiah was talking about me, and now he now that prophet is saying, Don't miss the vastness and the of God's love 
of the love of Christ. Don't, because then you'll be saying, well, then this particular person or this particular tribe or this particular pigmentation, uh, yeah, we're God's best. We always seem to include ourselves in that tribe. <laughs> and then Jesus said, oh, I've come not just for my own people. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to all those who received him, he gave power to become sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. Just please see this. I know we wrestle with that. I know I certainly wrestle with that. And then as we, we're getting to a close. In a Baptist church, I can have two or three different closings, can't I? <laughs> the Methodists, they find me. They got me on a timer, a three-minute egg timer <laughs> that I disregard. And, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, then, and then they were the and then they rose up, and they, and they mobbed them. The mob! I, I've been the recipient of, of, of the mob. Uh, maybe you have, too. Uh, great attempts to, to cancel because we had the audacity to say, in my case, it was Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, but if you've ever been mobbed or trolled or whatever they say, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Jesus is right in the midst of the mob. And, 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 and they're so lazy, they won't even stone them the right way. <laughs> I don't want to get sweaty. <laughs> I don't want to tear a rotator cuff. Why don't we just let gravity do the work and we throw him off and he free falls until he hits the ground below. They rose up and they thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon the city was built <laughs> and uh, that they might cast him down headlong. But Jesus knew he wasn't going to die there. He was going to die on the cross. It turned out to be about three years later. And he willingly and voluntarily went to that cross to show us the full extent of God's love that the one born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. And that means... I don't care how low we go. I don't care how, how far we fall. Jesus fell further for us. Amen. Amen. No matter how high we go. Elon Musk? No. Who's that? I, I wanted to see. I couldn't see his factory where they, the earth shakes. Right? Right? No matter how high we go, Jesus went high. See, that's the gospel. And that's what forms this family. That shapes you. And when you're shaped by the Word of God, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, when you know you're not an accident, that God made you on purpose, for a purpose, oh boy, we're more than conquerors. Amen. Okay, I know. Getting time. <laughs> I heard that amen. It was kind of like, please be done. <laughs> but, but,
let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Amen. Amen. Yes. Teaching us, admonishing us. May the word of God today, by the Spirit of God, touch every heart and every mind. And then we welcome others as Christ is welcoming us. For the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, today, we're thankful that you leave us, but you also sent to us your Spirit. And Lord, you leave these rich stories, these inspired God-breathed stories. And Lord, even now as we pray, we know, Jesus, you're the great high priest that ever lives to make intercession. And Lord, we know one day you will arise. You will not remain seated. You will come, you will see this world, and you will say, enough. And you have promised to come again with a new heaven and a new earth. But that is not this very moment. You call us to occupy until you return. Mm -hmm. So I pray for this church, Lord, that you will, you will show them how they are to occupy until mm -hmm. you return. And I pray that this church, will be an icon, will be a picture of God's family. I pray, Lord, from generation to generation to generation to a thousand generations, we will look back and thank you for your goodness, and we will anticipate your goodness to come. We will occupy. I ask this for your glory, for our dignity, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people did say, Amen. Amen.